What is up, guys? Welcome back to episode 33 of Rip City Rundown. Blazers are coming off two wins. We are happy. It's our first podcast where we have a win streak in the month of December. We have another win on the road. That's fun. We're recording this right after the Grizzlies game, so we're pretty hyped. West, how you feeling after that thrilling win? I am feeling so happy right now. First off, hello to everyone. The Blazers went 2-2 two and two this week. Last time we went 500. I was still in school. I am now on Christmas break. I believe you are too, Cody. Yep, the Blazers, home. Yeah, Blazers coming off two wins. I am very happy. Got our second road win of the year. And, yeah, we maybe look to build a little bit of a win streak here as 2021 comes to a close. But, you know, I'm feeling really good right now. Yeah, if you were to tell me that we would have two road wins by the end of the year, I'd be like, no way. But obviously that's the case. But I am, even despite that, I'm feeling pretty good after that win. Um, after coming, well, what, 11 out of the last 12 games, a loss. This would be before the Charlotte game. So awful month. But good thing that we got two wins in a row starting to turn it around. No, it's, it's good to see. Finally getting another road win and a, a road win. We'll just go and jump into the Grizzlies game because that's the most that's the one that's hot on my mind right now. But holding a team under 100 points or at 100 points, like the energy that Chauncey Billups has wanted this whole year, I mean, that's it right there. So it was good to see. Good to see Dame back in form. We'll talk about him a lot. Um, give me the rundown on statistics and the uh, Grizzlies game if you have them. I know Dylan Brooks had a career night, I can tell you that. Yep. All right. So. Dame, first of all, had 17 points in the first quarter. I mean, he was on route to for an insane game. Cooled off, though. Ended with 32, 9 for 19, 3 for 9 from 3. Hucked up some last second at the shot clock shots, though. So, solid game. Five assists, five turnovers, though, for Dame. But how about Norman Powell? 28 points, 10 for 16. He was red hot tonight. Little 12 points along the, the defensive end. We'll talk about him in a second. Nurkic. Almost had as much turnovers as points. Seven turnovers for Nurk. Not pretty from him tonight. Um, Rocco, 13 off the bench. Simon struggled but did what he needed to do. Um, we shot 47% as a team, 34% from three. So not the best, I would say, shooting numbers for what we're capable of. And obviously comfortable enough to pull out a win. Uh, Memphis shot 38%, 26% from three. So you could say that they shot bad or that our defense was stellar. Defense, Again, yes. we'll talk about that. Um, Brooks, 37 points. He went off, what can I say, 12 for 25. About it. Everyone else had about 10 points that played a lot. So, yeah, let's get into that game. Yeah. I want to shout out two players. I'll actually shout out three. Kind of, you know, It's tough to do a player of a game when you win a game because it takes more than one player to win a game. So I kind of I want to shout out three players tonight. I want to shout out Norman Powell. Norman Powell with 28 points, five of eight from three. Mm-hmm. That is about as as efficient as it gets. I really want to shout him out. He made everything tonight and some big spots too. I want to shout out Nasir Little, 12 points, nine boards, big time defense that game. Played 36 minutes, second only to Dame in minutes played. Um, I like that Chauncey's starting to rely on Nasir a little more. Um, we were talking about this in the live stream, but he has major upside on, on, on the defensive end. And, you know, he knocked down some shots, 12 points. Can't ask for much more from Little. And then I want to shout out Robert Cummington, 34 minutes off the bench, 13 points, eight rebounds, some timely three-pointers. 
Good steal. When see, yeah, when to see Little and Covington play like that, when our wings play like that, hitting some timely threes, making some timely shots, playing some timely defense, whether it's on ball with Nasir or off ball with Rocco, good things happen, good defense happens, good offense happens, equals a road victory. And that's what happened tonight. Yeah, I mean, you talk about Robert Covington. I think was it, we talked about him coming off the bench last podcast, I think, but for him to start that many games and come off the bench and now start performing like he has offensively and defensively, I mean, that's huge. Three for five from three, that's all you can ask for from Covington. 13 points, that's more than you can ask for. Like yeah. eight rebounds, what do you say? Yeah, you got to steal four blocks. I don't know if you even mentioned that. Four blocks. Uh, Such active Covington. hands on the defensive line. I've loved Such what I've seen from Robert Covington. Um, Anthony Simons, not the best game, but Anthony Simons is still proving that he is the future and an elite. He's an elite, I would say he's an elite backup point guard at this point. Um, he didn't shoot the ball well, but he still impacted the game in a positive way. That bench, I know plus minus is a not the best stat to look at, but Covington plus 12, McElroy plus 13, Simons plus 13. Look, that, that's, that's huge when the bench, the non-Damian Lillard minutes – are in the plus. I don't even care who's on the floor. This team right now, without C.J. McCollum, is playing better defense. The offense struggles a little bit. I mean, we only put up 105. I mean, that's that's not horrible with the way the game's called these days. You know, definitely it's been lower scoring this year. But an improved defense, especially on the road, I mean, holding a team 26% from three is really solid. Definitely they miss some shots. But, you know, part of that is defense. However, with CJ and his collapsed along, I'm curious to see if the Blazers ease him back into it and have bring CJ off the bench. I wouldn't be opposed to that. I don't think they I think he jumps back in the starting lineup very soon. But and this basically you're replacing CJ with Ben McLemore. In my opinion, that's an insane bench. I, I get you don't that's not the long-term answer, but it would be interesting to see CJ coming off the bench because in my opinion. We talk about it every podcast. A three-guard lineup does not work defensively. So, and you're not moving Norm to the bench. He's he's a little bit worse of an offensive player than CJ, but he's way more efficient. He plays better defense. So, I'll, I'll pose a question to you guys. Um, given that if we were to trade CJ or move on from CJ and bring in a wing player, which wing would you want to keep in the starting lineup? And even which wing – or, yeah, just which wing would you rather keep in the starting lineup? Are you a Nasir Little guy or are you at Larry Nance Jr.? Which one do you like in the starting lineup? Because both have shown big flashes of success in the starting lineup. I'm going to say just instantly, Little, no hesitation. Just the energy he brings, and I think he shoots way better than Larry Nance. And he's going to have moments where you have wide-open shots and you got to hit them. I, I don't see Lance making much wide-open threes, if I'm being speaking, honest. Speaking of having offensive game, there was one point in the middle of that game where Little, there was like – Five on the shot clock, little drive, oh, yeah. step, step back. back two, swish. I was like, that's yeah. a bad shot, but maybe that's not a bad shot. I will also take Nasir Little in that scenario over Larry Nance Jr. Here's an interesting thing. Obviously, Nurk with, with a rough game, but if you trade like a Nurk and a Covington or a CJ, it really doesn't matter, and you bring in, say, someone like Jeremy Grant, for example, from, from Detroit, you start Little with Grant. And then you have Dame, you know, I guess you could say nerd. It really depends on who we trade for. But, like, you basically slotting in a really good power forward instead of Nance. Like, I think Little is way more um, – what's the word? Like, he has way more switchability in the starting lineup. Like, he's more athletic. 
Like Nance, you're not comfortable with Nance switching onto a guard as much as you are with Little. Yeah, true. I, th- I think the thing that Nance brings the most is just more like vocal, <laughs> vocal leadership and like more uh-huh. IQ plays. Like he's going to make the right yeah. play. He's in the, he only took two veteran. Shots, three shots tonight, and that's because the role isn't to shoot. So I do like that about him. He's all about just making the right play. So that's what I like the most about Nance for sure. But do you want to? You wanna, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the other game that happened earlier this one week. One more thing I wanted. One more thing I wanted to say about the game. That was pretty fun to watch. Give me the one more thing up. I wanted to say about that game. Um, Twenty turnovers versus eight. I mean, if mm. we versus eight point. Like more than double. If we narrow that, it's a more comfortable dub. And we out rebounded them fifty-one to thirty-three. Just we out rebounded well. I, I, let's actually before we go to the Hornets game, let's go in the negatives of this game. You got something to say? A negative. Got one more thing to say. Um, this is why I hate plus minus. Dame was Dame had the worst plus minus today. Minus seven. I mean. Yeah, that's why plus minus isn't the best stat. But Nurk was minus two, but but from the eye test, Nurk played horribly. Yeah, that's what I was going to get into. Let's talk about Nurk here. Nurk, uh, Nurk is Nurk's an interesting guy to I talk mean, about because I just this was probably his worst game of the year, I would say. So it's not like we can. I mean, he yes, he has had some other bad performances, but. Yeah, remember, just, he's our only player who's like that type, like that big, someone who's that big, and it's like. No, I get that, but I don't want to like. That's the problem with the construction of the roster in the first place. We don't have any other big-bodied center. Well, we have Cody Zeller. I mean, I'm not saying he's good, but I, he's another body. He's like six nine. Yeah, he's not that big. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, we don't he have another. Hurt, so I mean, obviously, Nurkic has had to play a large role, but I mean, the Charlotte game, Nurk fouled out. He played 15 minutes and he had six fouls. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. <laughs> like um, Nurk has been, Nurk's been a little annoying. He's just he doesn't make the right does, play. Does a lot he know? Does he know his contract's up next year? I'm just saying. In a contract, <laughs> yes. But then um, again, having Nurkic's contract be up, that does make it a very tradable asset. Just want to throw that out there. Uh, I think Nurk is getting is more likely to be traded over CJ. I, I personally think so. I think. I don't know. I just think like Dame would vouch for CJ to stay more than Nurk. I mean, especially after these last few games. I mean, Nurk sometimes there's certain plays where he just like just doesn't look interested. I know it's not a lack of talent. He is a very talented center. It's just like he had one sequence where he like turned the ball over, gave up an offensive rebound, turned the ball over again, and then got an and one called against him. It's just like, dude, you're shooting us out of the game. You're playing us out of the game. It's like he, I don't know. I do want to cut him a little bit of slack because I feel like sometimes I don't think he's like 110% like mentally committed to all his moves. Cause you know, he's coming off some pretty significant like injuries. I do want to cut him slack there. I mean, when you're seven feet, two ninety, every fall probably hurts like crap, but that does not excuse seven turnovers. So I'm not excusing him. I'm just giving some perspective there. The reason I would agree with you, the reason like Nurk would be more, tradable than cj's because he is he has a he's only on like a 12 million dollar contract i think which is so much more tradable you got a lot more options you can go with with cj given the fact he's making 30 plus million dollars like you're probably gonna have to trade him for someone that's an all-star almost or has been an all-star before because only all-stars are making that much money so nurk would be a really tradable asset um but if we were to trade nurk it would we would have to we can't just trade nurk for cookies 
Yeah, it's it's got to be something return. We got to have to get a starting center, or if we are to do a huge clean house and make moves and maybe CJ for a center and Nurk for something else. But I don't know. There's a lot. I want to turn. Are we good with transitioning a little bit here? Yeah. All right. Transitioning to the Charlotte Hornets game. Blazers win one twenty five one sixteen. Absolutely burning the Nets down. Let's get into some stats there, Cody. Some stats. Yep. Yep. So. First of all, as a team, 51%, 44% from downtown. That is what you like to see. Um, Dame with, yeah, I think we can say his best game of the year, 43 points, 12 for 19, and 6 for 11 threes, so over 50% three-point shooting, which is absolutely phenomenal. Um, Powell, 14, Nurk, 10, Nance, 10, everyone else spread out, but Ben McLemore, absolutely Popping off 28 points, 8 for 13 for 3. He shot better than Dame from three-point range, and Dame had a stellar game. It was just a beautiful night. I mean, we just hit the grounds running from the start and just, I mean, they almost came back, but we'll get into that. Uh, Charlotte's stats, um, Lamella Ball, 27 points. Bridges, 14 points. Surprised Lamella at 27. I didn't think he had that much, but I guess so. Uber Jr., 18. P.J. Washington, 16 off the bench. Not much elsewhere. That was a great game. I want to uh, do my quick player of the games. We obviously know who these are. I think it's Ben McLemore and Damian Lillard. Damon and Ben combined for 14 of the 21 three-pointers. Actually, if you want to throw Powell in there too, they combined for 18 of the 21, the, basically the backcourt. And actually, if you want to throw Simons in, it was all our guards except Covington hit one, which makes sense. But I'm just actually now looking at it. Then McLemore was, t- wow, 28, 28. He might not score 28 for the rest of the calendar year, but he had it in one game. Combined for 71, him and Dame? No, I'm – oh, yeah, yes, you're right. You are right. They combined – I mean, that is like a – that's like a CJ Dame stat line. They combined for 71, but great, great um, stuff for Ben McMore. I'm really happy for him. You know, he stays ready. He's obviously a shooter, and we can use that as, you know, 82-game season. You know, that will ebb and flow. He'll probably put up some clunkers, but when you can get 28 and it's a meaningful 28 too, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, for sure. I got to say, Dame, I think the key for him in this game wasn't, sure, 6-3, six, 6 out of 11 threes is huge, but he actually attacked and drove. When you get 14 free throws, you're going to be able to, you're going to be able to get hot and start seeing the ball go to the basket. So getting to the line 14 times, I mean, we had 18 free throws and 14 of those were Dame. That's, that's huge right there. Um, mm-hmm. I got to say also, I really liked what I saw that night from Nance because Nance had to play a lot of small ball five that day. He had that one little scary moment when he kind of like hurt it. He jammed his thumb and he ended up going to the locker room for like five minutes, but he came back out and he was good. Mm. That scared me a lot in that one. Um, but yeah, that was a huge one. Charlotte, that was the perfect team to play. Worst defense in the league. You need, even though they are above 500 and they're still a really good team or good team playing the worst defense in the league is a great way to get yourself a win and get yourself back on track. So that was kind of perfect schedule right there. Yeah. Just I agree. We were having fun out there. I mean, we dropped 81 points at the half, 81 think, points at the half. It's either the most points. I think we had the most three pointers and a half in Blazers history in the first half. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think it was like necess- I only was quite points. I think we've done better than that before. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fact checker. I think it was threes, though. We were on route for 160, but obviously they got they got, they got kind of close at the end there, not going to lie. Yeah, six, it said 16 three-pointers in the first half is a franchise record. So 
Yeah. There's strong records out there. Um, but no, that, that was a game. The, the one scary part of the game was the fact that when you're up by 30 and you end up letting them back in the game like that, it's kind of annoying because you would hope that the Blazers were going to have like an easy win and not have to stress at the end of the game. Yeah. But they did. Um, and uh, getting the win is the most important thing, though. And that was off the 11-1 win out of the last 11 games, too. So much needed win. Really switching momentum. And then we got that road win. And then we're going into this homestand. I mean, things are looking up after a rough month. You're in fantasy football playoffs, right, West? Yeah, I actually I actually just got the, I just got the message. <laughs> what happened? Oh, right. I have, so I have the really. Tampa Bay kicker. He just missed a 45-yarder because yay me. <laughs> All right, it's fantasy football. It's, it's luck. It's well, you know it's not luck. The Blazers winning. So anyway, sorry that really threw us off track there. But yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> um, let's just do a quick little rundown of the two other games earlier in the week. We obviously lost to the Grizzlies and lost to the Suns. Two games. I didn't really watch any other Grizzlies game. I gotta say that. Yeah, Suns me game either. watched in full. Um, that was an unfortunate loss, but. If you want to do a little bit of statistics for that, nothing too major, obviously. Okay. Um, we'll do the Grizzlies game first. So at home, we lost 113-103. We shot 37% from the field, 37, which is just awful. They shot 47. Not much to say. Scoring was pretty spread out. Simons had 22 that game, I will say. Phoenix game, you're not expected to win. But then again, they didn't have Booker, so it's like – Come on. And, and at that point, we're like, can we just get one win after all these losses? Dame had a 30-piece. 11 for 31, though, so he took a crap ton of shots. Um, not much more to say. Scoring pretty spread out other than that. Uh, they shot 47% from the field. But, yeah, only put up 111 points. But, yeah, let's talk about those games. I think for the Grizzlies game, I watched it from beginning to end. Um we didn't play bad necessarily. We had a solid first half. Uh, we actually had the lead midway through the third, had a two-point lead to start the fourth quarter. Uh, Grizzlies then on just four straight possessions at four threes to open the fourth quarter in a row to go up 92 to 82. Yeah, it went up 10. Uh, that kind of tended to seal it there, especially, you know, the Grizzlies playing aggressive defense. You know, they have, as we saw tonight, even in the road game that we – one um yeah dylan brooks is a feisty defender he's you know from our perspective he's a very unlikable defender because he plays so hard um but you know he did well against dame in the fourth um but yeah really not much to say about that game other than the fact that that was literally kind of like tonight they just hit their shots down the stretch um desmond bain hit two threes brooks hit a three you know, they just kept us at arm's length the rest of the way. I mean, there's really not much to say about that. Game. I mean, when you uh, – one second. D, okay, so Grizzly shot 48%. And we held them to 113 points. I mean, that's that's not – I wouldn't say that's bad defense, but we got 103 points. We got to make our shots that game, so. All right. The thing with the Grizzlies, I feel like ever since the bubble, we kind of had a little, like, rivalry, rivalry with them. Like, every single game with them is super chippy. It's like Dylan Brooks like, wants to prove that. Dylan Brooks does kind of lead that chippiness, though. He kind of likes to play that way. I don't know. I guess it gives him an edge to me. It doesn't make him any better or worse. It's kind of just annoying, which is probably what he's trying to go for. 
but yeah, you know, from a fan perspective, it's just it's not that cool. So but it could just be like that's how the Grizzlies play every night, and I think it. Well, I I don't know. I think I mean when every game is like that, I I think you're onto something with like the whole rivalry thing. Nothing nothing major, but something a little bit. It's almost like two two teams two teams that are always between the seven and ten seed. Yeah, my one takeaway from the Suns game is like. We we play. It was a hard. It was like one of those games where you thought it was the turning point, and I think almost it still kind of was, because that was like our first time we played a really good team really well in a while. The first time since we started that losing streak. So, despite us losing that game, I came out of that game not too frustrated. I mean, CP3 kind of just took over in crunch time, had no one to stop eight in the whole game, but. It, it's, that's the second best team in the league record-wise. So even mm-hmm. without Devin Booker, I still wasn't too frustrated that we yeah. lost that game. Yeah, I, the only reason why I was frustrated is because we were up 101. It's basically what it was tonight. Up 101, 100, about 10 seconds left. Powell splits. Chris Paul comes down, push off, jumper, sends it to overtime. Um, obviously losing overtime. You know, we, we had that game, um, you know, I guess the only thing you could say about that from the offensive end is you you just like for Dame it's un, it's unfair to Dame but Dame you know he just has to be a little more efficient from like like from the field you can't thirty one points on thirty one shots it was like just one of those shots it was so close I think he, he was just trying to will us to a win I, I, yeah and that's why I said like, like no one else really yeah showed up. Simon's had a rough game he went three for thirteen from the field you know it's just efficiency at that point mm-hmm. it's make or miss league. All right, I got a couple questions for you guys since right before we start. Unless you guys have anything else on like a recap front? No? Oh, good. Okay, I got a couple questions. We have, and there could be that more that come in in the end, but right now we have three. Um, and if you want to comment questions in the future, just go to the Rip City Rundown on Instagram. The link is in the description. First people. You said what? Your question is from you or from Instagram? This is from the people. All right. This is from the people. Um, Beautiful. The first one comes from Thomas Ogden One, and he says it's a it's a class it's it's a classic question, but it's a good question. He goes predicted record for the year and Dame's points per game come playoffs. I don't know if he means if we make the playoffs, what you'll average in the playoffs, or by the end of the year, what do you think Dame will average? All right. You want to start? Uh, I you want to start or me, Cody? Um, I gotta see what Dame's well, averaging right now. I think it's probably around like twenty-two. Yeah, I want to see that too. He's averaging twenty-two point eight right now. I can start. So yeah, okay, twenty-two point eight. Interesting. All right. Um, so predicted record. I mean, with knowing how injuries could go, it could go either way. But so many different ways. Um, I think I gotta say we're over five hundred for sure. I mean, if we're not, then that's just sad. I think. I think we can win 60% of our games, get on a little run uh, in the second half of the season, get some rogue wins. You know, I'll give us even a little more than that. I'll give us like 63%. So you guys know the number. So I think they'll probably put you, you're probably saying like 46-ish wins, 47? If out of 80. Because if it's 41 is 500, obviously. Maybe like 45 wins. Uh, for around me personally, there. maybe maybe tiny bit more, but yeah, I cool. would put us around probably like 43, 44. That's and again, we could go on a run, but just knowing the hole we're in right now, 
if we can end up going, what is that like? Ten, is that ten games over five hundred the rest of the year? But, I will say it's it's a hard question because say, I will say this second half team. I was talking about this last week, and in that span, we've played the Grizzlies twice, the Suns, and the Hornets, all teams with winning records. We've had the second hardest schedule so far. It's going to lighten up a little bit. I think anywhere from I, – I would like to say we finish above 500, so anywhere from 42 to 46, I think we're in that range, yeah. I also think Dame's currently averaging 22.8, I think, with the second half run. I, I, I think he could average like 24 and a half. I was going to say 25. Yeah. It's just like, this many games in the year. I would average like 28 the rest of the year, which I mean, yeah. he could. He could, you know, with CJ coming – CJ coming back, I don't know if that will take some away some of his shots, but, you know. I'll, I'll say he averages, yeah, 24, 25, somewhere in that realm, just because I don't think he'll need to score that much, honestly. Um, next, oh, another question just came in in the middle. I'll do this question right now because I like it. He goes, this is from Jung Choi one um, he goes, biggest current problem with our team. What is the, or what is the biggest current problem with our team? And then he adds on. So we'll answer that question first. And he goes, if we trade CJ slash Nurk for either Sabonis, Turner, or Simmons, how will it affect our team? So first, all what do you think is the biggest problem with our team right now? I think this has nothing to do with player construction. I just think it's ball security slash turnovers. Literally, we are losing the turnover margin every night. It shocks me this is the case because. Chauncey Billups, and I say this all the time, he literally was a championship caliber point guard while he was playing. So he knows a thing or two about ball security. So I am very shocked that we've really struggled to turnovers. But it seems there's about five or six boneheaded plays a game we make, whether it's, you know, an inbounds pass that they steal or a, you know, a tip. And that's doesn't, or a jump ball tip. You know, that doesn't classify as a turnover. But like plays like that, we're just, I think we turn the ball over too much. I think if we limit those down, maybe cut those in half, maybe you average 10 turnovers a game instead of 20, you're getting 10 more shots a game. It's huge for this team. And then second half, you you have anything to say on that or you want to talk about the second half of the questions? If we traded CJ or Nurk for – they say Sabonis, Turner, Simmons, but I'm just going to assume just if we trade them at all, how will it affect our team? Well, I think it depends on who you trade them for. I think say, you're – Say it's – say you go – CJ, I mean, I'm just going to go ahead. And I don't get, want get Sabonis. You said what? I don't want Sabonis. I don't man, want him to play defense. In my opinion, if you're trading CJ, you're trying to get a three and D with a little more emphasis on the D. That sounded weird, but a little more defense. Yeah. <laughs> Need a little more I would defense. say um, general, generally just the biggest problem, just defense, just points allowed, given, points given. Overall, just – Kind of with the structure of our team, I feel like the undersized three-guard lineup, all of them having the same capability, great shooting, but undersized. Um, so I think that's our biggest problem is just defense generally. Um, and if we're trading, I think we're trading four defensive pieces. Like, of course, Ben Simmons is a defensive player. Turner, so I feel like any sort of trade at this point would only help our defense. Yeah. I think that's that's a fair I think if you're trading the trade, the trade will be for defense. So the way it will affect our team is to help us defensively. Um, another one, this is from underscore Jeremy dot underscore twenty-three. It's a broad question, but it's a question that needs to be asked. He just gives CJ McCollum predictions. What are your predictions? Does he stay or does he get traded? 
If you had to put money on it right now, what do you think happens? And a lot of this is, has to do with the injury. I'm going to give my answer. I still think he probably will get traded just because that's the guy that's going to make the biggest move. Um, he's going to like, he's the guy that can bring in the biggest return. I do think it hinges on the injury though. And it hinges on how we're playing right now without him. Um, but if I had to put money down on it, I guess I'd just say he gets traded just because he's the only guy, really, other than Nurk, maybe. Um, you know, just for the sake, I will go against you. I think he stays. And the reason why I think that, I think the Blazers closed 2021 on a nice little run here, and we turn things around. I think the only way he stays is if we start playing like the Grizzlies are without jaw. Start, you know, climbing the rankings, winning, stacking wins. I think that's the only way he stays. Um, uh, I don't know. It's it's up in the air because we have no idea what Joe Cronin is like is as a GM. Is he exactly. aggressive? It, he's not going to be like Neil, which is nice. He's not going to screw the franchise from the inside out. Um, but is he going to be aggressive? Is he going to wait and see? I mean, the deadline's what in February? Mm-hmm. It's early February. I mean, I don't think he gets traded soon i think if cj gets traded it's closer to the deadline but i just don't know i think i think the longer he goes without being traded the higher the chance he stays i guess i think it also hinges on like other teams and if they want him obviously because we got uh, the that they don't want cj uh in philly so if there's not that good trade piece out there or trade and like return package then we're not going to make the trade we're smart enough to do that i agree i'd say i would say he gets traded, but then again, it's really close. Because, like, if you look at our team, we're not getting run bullard. You could argue Powell is a somewhat okay defender. I don't think we're going to trade him because we well, just traded for him. Roko, I don't think him, trading him would increase our defense. Nurk's a solid defender. It's like he's kind of like the only option, I would say. I will say I could see him getting traded, but if Norman Powell keeps playing like this, because Norman Powell is literally – do putting up CJ numbers on more with better efficiency and better defense. And I'm sorry, but it's tough. I I think he, I don't know. I think he gets traded, but I don't know. I would, I'd be surprised. I would not be surprised if he's not traded. I I know that's horrible. It's literally 50, 50. You could flip a coin and whatever it lands on, I'd put money on. Quickly going into the next question. This will probably revolve around CJ. But Jackson.m.3 asked potential trade packages for Savonis slash Simmons. I'm assuming it would be CJ would be involved in those trades, especially if it has to do with Simmons. So if it's Simmons, I think you're looking at like CJ, Rocco, and some picks. Um, if it's for Miles Turner, is that what it was? Sabonis. Okay, I don't know Sabonis. what's everyone's like obsession with Sabonis because he's not going to help our team. I would rather have Turner than Sabonis. But yeah, if it's for, sure. for one of those two, I would. I think that's more of an – I think maybe CJ, but I could see Nurk since they already have Lober and Brogdon. Yeah. All right, last question I have right now. Who knows, in the next five minutes, someone else could come in. We could answer it quickly before we wrap up. But this one is – it's going to be kind of hard to answer, but we can throw in – we can just list some names. He asked, top ten Blazers of all time. Okay. Um, can can we also skew this question? Is Like, which players in the last ten years – could you say 10 or years are we going like franchise all time but also the last couple like okay, last so 10 years if i had to throw here uh, let me make I'm them out actually, rushmore 
Okay, my Mount Rushmore of Blazers. Yeah, top four. All right. Okay, Damian Lillard. Yeah. Bill Walton. Yeah. Clyde Drexler. Those are the three consensus. Those are three. And then the fourth, you can debate. You could put in Rashid Wallace if you want the Jailblazers era. You can put in LaMarcus Aldridge. I don't think he should be up there since he left us in 2015. Brandon Roy. Brandon Roy. I don't know if he played long enough. You could throw in Terry Porter. I don't know. I mean, that's a great question, but I think it's those three and then the rest. Yeah, um, I, I don't know, man. It was born in 2003. I can only see it in my eyes tell me, so <laughs> no idea. No, that's, that's a good way to look at it. If I had to go, okay, I'm going to skew this question. Thank you. I got to read out the name who asked this. Blazer underscore nation underscore official. He's an official guy asking us a question, but what, who are the top five Blazers of the last 50 of our generation? Top five Blazers. Since, since, we, since, we were, since, since 2000. So since we were born. So we're not taking the 2000 Western Conference Finals team. Since yeah, we're not taking that. Okay. Since like 2005 when we actually – not saying I was watching basketball when I was two, but – I'm taking Roy. Yeah. Taking Dame. Yeah. Taking CJ. Yeah. Taking Aldridge. Yeah. What's the fifth? And Odin. fifth <laughs> – did you say Rudy Fernandez? You said Odin. <laughs> oh, talent-wise, yeah. Who is it? Give me, give, give me Tolliver. <laughs> I could see it being – what is it, the tomb? Matthews. I feel like we're feel like we're forgetting one. Matthews. You can even say Nurk, but that hammer. <laughs> Myers Nurk. <laughs> who who do you think it actually could be? It's no Nurk. one in the Brandon Roy era. It's Nurk. It's not Nurk after tonight. It can't be Nurk, yes. dude. There's no way it's Nurk. I gotta look. I gotta look at some players now. I think it might be Batum. I mean, Aldridge and Dame are locks. Roy's a lock. CJ's a lock. I don't know. Because, like, the Roy and the old Roy teams, like, they didn't really have – like, they had Martel Webster, Travis Outlaw, Raymond Big Booty Felton. (laughs) Andre Miller. Andre Miller, who had put up 52 one game. This could be him. Steve Blake. Punched a dude one time in practice. I don't know if that was with the Blazers. Um, let's see. Oh, they have all decade teams right here. They say the all decade team from 2010 to 20 or 2010 to 2020 is Dame, CJ, Batum, Aldridge, Nurk. And then okay. 2000 to 2010, they got Stoudemire. That was the early 2000s. Brandon Roy, Zach Randolph, Lamarcus Aldridge, Rasheed Wallace. You can say Randolph. Yeah, you could even say Rasheed Wallace. No, wait, he left in like 2002. Never mind. That's an interesting question. If you if you do Hi, Zach. You a podcast like half a year ago of our all time Blazers draft, I would I would say Zach Randolph. Yeah, you could say that. Um, but those are all the questions we have. Five questions in like the span of like 30 minutes. It's pretty good. It was a late late ask on the questions, but that's all we have. If your question was included. Um, Thank you for asking the question. This is episode 32, a two-game winning streak for the Blazers. Next podcast, we will all be together in person, and also we will be attending a Blazer game within the next week or two, either the Nets or the Mavericks. So look out for that vlog, and if you haven't watched the vlog from the Timberwolves game, go ahead and watch that now. Uh, Anything else you got to say before we wrap up? Also, you could go watch the MLS Cup vlog. It's a great vlog.
Yeah. Timbers, NYCFC, more Portland content. Go watch it because we were there and it was super fun. Yeah. True. Make so, sure to follow absolutely. Instagram, follow Twitter, follow TikTok. We haven't posted on the TikTok in a long time, but make sure to go follow those. Links are in the description. Yeah, that's it for episode 32. Peace. Peace.